I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, guys. I'm R.J. Live, coast to coast, 200 Fox Sports Radio stations, 6 o'clock Eastern, drive time, East Coast, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. You would think maybe this isn't a big day. You know, football hasn't... No, we got... A full slate of NFL preseason games. To recap, you might say, who cares? You're right. We don't really care about the preseason. 
at this point, it's over. We care about what the preseason taught us. Fezzik, one of the pros who know in studio, has his takeaways from the preseason. Also, it's a time to have him. Brad Powers, all the college knowledge. And we're going to be recapping yesterday, previewing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's action a full slate. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. Now, Jonas Knox does three hours. He splashes a little water on his face. <laughs> He's back for the fourth. I hope he didn't leave his best stuff in that Gottlieb show. He's all right. No, come on. Saw it straight out of Vegas. By the way, Jonas, it's a good time for me to ask you this question. I'm a big Howard Stern fan. Yeah. And one time Howard got really mad at Robin, right? Longtime partners, because Robin revealed that she had broken up with a guy on another show. So it was a longtime boyfriend. They called him Mr. Axe. She revealed it on another show. He was furious. Now, I heard a rumor that you did some magical trick. I think it was with the odd couple where you were singing like a 45 second note or something. Uh, Is yeah, that correct? Okay. First of all, yeah, for, yeah, that's correct. Okay, and you figure let's make sure when I'm filling in on another show, because once you do that a second time, it's going to be like, oh come on. But that first time is box office. But somehow you decided, oh Chris Broussard's in traffic, so I'll do that. I look, Chris Broussard has an open he does for the show. Rob Parker can't do it because he gets distracted very easily, and I happen to be able to hold my breath for a long time because I used to sing in a band, and so I, I was trained that way. And so I figure if they're going to ask me to make balloon animals, I don't want to disappoint the kids, so I made some balloon animals. All right, yeah, here's what so. I would say. Broussard has like 1.4 million Twitter followers. At least get a retweet for, out of it somehow. I know. I, know. I can't <laughs> even get that. You know, I think today we got a lot of nuts and bolts, you know, football season stuff. I think, though, let's let's start with Zeke, I think. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, because Jerry Jones, in talking over the last, uh, well, less than 24 hours, he talked after the preseason game, the finale for the Dallas Cowboys, and then he had an appearance on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And to sum it up, Jerry Jones is expecting Ezekiel Elliott to miss time. They are looking at this as them being without Zeke as the regular season opens against the Giants next Sunday According to Jerry Jones, the expectation, no Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Yeah, so one, it looks like my bat. I got plus 160 on that, Fez. Do you recall? I do recall that, yes. Yeah, so the so the bat, it, no, no, but now it was against the hitman, though, right? I think that was it. One it was. of our, yep. yeah. So I'm feeling good about that. And to me, here was my rationale. And again, obviously they could sign, but my rationale was. This is unprecedented, the idea of a guy holding out when the team has two years left of you know contractual control, though the 50-year option is one of those years. If Jerry Jones would have set that precedent, it would have been a problem for the Cowboys, but also, quite frankly, every other NFL team. So I'm not sure that this was, hey, the owners getting together and saying we can't do this. And Jerry's been a leading, you know, owner when it comes to his influence in the NFL. I, you know, that was my thinking. That that a guy who cares about the league 
as much as Jones wouldn't set this precedent. Um, I guess the question is, and let's go around the table. Fez, you go first. If you had to guess or put an over-under, when is Zeke back, what would you say? I would say week four, RJ, and here's why. If you look at Dallas's schedule, they don't need him probably the first three weeks. Dallas is a pretty substantial favorite against the Giants week one at Washington, and then they get the Miami Dolphins. But week four, they got to go to the New Orleans Saints, and they've got some four consecutive difficult games. They need Zeke. They don't need him week one. They need him week four. You know, I wish we had the tape on you talking about the Vikings and you said, oh, and then they host the Bills on Thursday. That's going to be such an easy winner, right? Is it, <laughs> isn't that the premise of the yeah. NFL is there are no easy winners any given Sunday? I don't think teams think like that. I mean, Jonas, you've been around, you know, being at FSR and being in L.A., you've been around – training camps, been around athletes. I just don't get a sense professional football players think like that. No, not at all, because there's not enough games. I mean, if you want to look at the NBA and maybe, well, we didn't take this serious, that's fine. There's 82 of them. There's always those games in the schedule. But in the NFL, one loss could really change your entire season, also in college football the same way. I agree 100%. And with college football, I think sometimes you're favored by 35. You're going to be flat, right? But we know is what? There's a couple of games a season that are favored by more than two touchdowns in the NFL. So to me, Fez, when you say, and it's interesting you didn't say the numbers. So let's actually double back. Because whenever Fez leaves something (laughs) out, a little hint for the audience. It's almost like a a decoder ring with Fez, right? It's either he didn't do the work and he's just trying to mumble over it. Or he doesn't want the numbers to be the focus. So first three weeks, what's the lines? Yeah, so Dallas is laying seven against the Giants. Oh, substantial. Okay, go ahead. Second week at Washington, Dallas is minus three. Oh, that doesn't seem substantial at all. No, it isn't. And then week three, hosting the Miami Dolphins, Dallas minus nine. Okay, so and you're great at this. Uh, not necessarily hiding the numbers for me, but you're great at this. You can give me a percentage chance of them winning each of those games pretty quickly, right? So take a minute, scribble it down, and that's what's shocking even with like a nine-point favor. You know, it's not an OMG if a team loses in the NFL as a nine-point favor. So to me, I think that maybe Jerry Jones thinks like this because he's not a player. I don't think the players do. And I also think it's interesting, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, we're talking about Fezzik here, that I so much would rather Fez had spent his time at Northwestern, not, in my opinion, a very good school, but still, still, he was in class, getting good grades, instead of being on the football field. You know, they always say, can an announcer be a, a, a guy didn't play, right? Well, Howard Cosell didn't play, so, it, you know, it can happen, obviously. Bob Costas, et cetera. Um, Buck, right? Didn't play. But on the other hand, I think if you played, it helps, you know? And if you see the Madden, those types, Collinsworth, that as time passes and they get further and further from being inside the game, they're not quite as good. And then you look at Tony Romo, it's like, oh, geez, this guy knows it all. Well, he just said, Tony Romo 10 years from now will be further away from the game. So in a way, Fez, I think one of the things we need to always try to keep in mind is what is the player's perspective? 
Because I think sometimes it's not necessarily logical, right? And you're very logical. And sometimes I think you're off when it comes to motivation, especially in football where it's hard not to play hard, right? Or you can get hurt easier. Do you have those percentage chances? I do, RJ. So they have a the Dallas Cowboys have a 70% chance, a 60% chance, and an 80% chance in their first three weeks. Yeah, so that nine-point favorites, 80%. Yes. Wow, wow. All right, so my thought is, well, let's keep going around the table. Brad, what would you guess? Uh, similar to Fez, and that's <laughs> going to be a theme when it comes to the NFL. I, I would say a little earlier than week four, though. I, I'd be more in, like, week three. Yeah, and by the way, Whenever Fez shows his truest colors and he's the dirtiest player in the game, that's when I say, guys, you got two choices. You don't have to like this, right? There's evil in the world. We can't dictate that. You can either have that on your side, and evil might be strong. Uh, what word would we use for Fez's self-interest? Uh, evil. I'm going to stick with evil. There's evil in the world, but I'd rather have evil not against me, right? I don't want to necessarily be holding hands with it, but I don't want to go against it. So, Brad, you're mighty smart when it comes to that. I'm the same way. Jonas, what's your guess on Zeke? Week 10. Now, I think you're on to something here. So, what is the week where they get credit for the season? Week 10. He's got to show up by week 10. Yeah, so Le'Veon Bell, I think, showed us the playbook, unfortunately, as a Steelers fan, on that one. Boy, that seems like a flaw in the system. So you're unhappy the amount you're getting paid on your first contract. You're a running back, so mileage on your legs and and your whole body really, really matter, right? Yes. So the idea of saying you can play from week 10 on and get credit for the year – and you might say, well, look at the money they're leaving on the table. Well, I think especially that fourth year, it's not that much, right? I mean, relatively. Now, to me, what Le'Veon Bell did as a uh, franchise player, he left a lot of money on the table. But Zeke's contract this year isn't that much. I almost feel like it's a sure thing. And then he'll come. That's like his way of not losing this battle, right? So if a game of chicken, if Jerry Jones doesn't cave, what can Zeke do? He can wait, 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 come back week 10, get his year, and say, hey, I won this because I didn't have to play those nine you know, nine games. Does that sound right? It, it doesn't sound right, but the running backs are in this position to where they've got to use whatever, I, I don't want to call it dirty tactics, but leverage in order to try and benefit and gain the system. And unfortunately, this is where they're at. And it feels like this, this has gotten personal, and I think Zeke's going to hold out for the long haul. And, and it just goes to show you, uh, whatever you think of Jerry Jones, it's hard to say that he hasn't been as player-friendly. Some people would say too player-friendly, and with, specifically with Zeke and the suspension and all that. And the idea that Zeke wanted a financial windfall that would have been unprecedented when it comes to when he would have got it by force. Because remember, Gurley got signed at the same point, and boy, the Rams, I, I you got to wonder how much they'd like to have that one back. And if anything, I think teams' disinclination with running backs to sign them two years early, that Gurley thing's just going to uh, accentuate that, I think, and make that more the case. But just doubling back one second, Jonas, when I said, does that sound right? I don't mean, is it ethical or is it in the spirit of the game? But as you're thinking about week 10, 
you envision it's not only the utility of avoiding the miles on his legs with Zeke, but it's a way to make it seem like he won the standoff too. Yeah, it's it's he took it to the end. He took it as far as he could possibly go, and now he's going to make sure he gets credited for a season, and then he'll come back and play. Yeah, and if anything, if I'm a Cowboy, I mean, that's the thing. If you've got a contract that you love, like Zeke this year, the worst thing to happen would be him sitting out for nine sixteenths of it because back in week 10 is the assumption because you would want to pay him for those nine games because you're not paying him all that much. Yeah. All right, so last question, Jonas. Was there anything on the Gottlieb show on Zeke you gave that you were holding back right now? No, 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 no. Um, my whole thing is I think Dallas, regardless, is screwed. And, and I say that because Zeke almost needs them to be bad in order for him to gain leverage without being there. And if Dallas is bad without him there and he him gaining leverage, then that means they're probably getting poor quarterback play. And if you're getting poor quarterback play, why does it make sense to overpay for a running back if you don't have a quarterback who's playing at a high level? You're not going to win anything anyways. So it feels like this is a no-win situation. First off, that was the most – a college logic level type, like like that was like th- four dots to connect in a year. That might have been like your high. No, not saying it was your best take, but it was probably a, the the most fezic like take. I mean, I but I understood that fez. You understood that, didn't you? Completely. Ah! <laughs> I mean, Jonas, you might have been influenced too much here. So I, I see. I feel otherwise. I think the NFL understands that it is a game of inches and Dallas could be five and four, four and five or eight and one. And it doesn't tell the us or them that much about the team. I do find it interesting though, to wrap this topic is Colin Cowherd, Jonas's nemesis. <laughs> he loves that. He was on, I think it was today saying the most talented under 25 roster in the NFL, and look how smart they've been growing through the draft, improving. And Jonas, the first chance he gets to freestyle, he's like, man, that Cowboys team, I think they might have a down year this year. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be a coincidence. I don't think so. When we come back, we're going to talk about what did we learn during the preseason. And Fezzik has a complaint about a bad beat. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! 
Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurow Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And now it's time to find out the biggest takeaways from the NFL preseason with the season starting next Thursday night. You know, there's something I just love about all those games on Thursday. You got to figure there's about 200 dudes in their basement, mom's basement, who are like, this is their favorite day. They're figuring out who made the cut. You know, and all kind of things for like 10 teams, right? So I love it, you know, and, and that's what the NFL does so well is if you're a high-level fan, I think that if you're someone that just watches like 10 games a year, the NFL does that better than any other sport. I mean, think about if you're a high-level NBA fan. And when I say high-level, I mean ca- more casual, 50,000-foot view type. Well, what would you do in the NBA, right? Oh, maybe watch one of the Christmas Day games, maybe, you know. But the NFL just makes it so easy to dip in and dip out as much as you want. And obviously, you got the hardcore guys, too, and they take care of them also. So obviously, this is a uh, billion-dollar business for a reason. Speaking of many, many dollars, Fez, we had a great preseason all in all. But let's set that aside for a second because now it doesn't matter. right? We've got the money in our pocket. But now it's what did we learn? What did we learn about the regular season, the, 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 the games that matter from the preseason? And let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am bullish on the Pittsburgh Steelers. RJ, I think they had a great 
preseason, and frankly, it was all about not having distractions. No Bell, no Brown. They were just all business, looking really good, and the marketplace is bullish on Pittsburgh. Their season win number has increased from 9 to 9.5, and, and I agree with that move. Yeah, so, and, and you think that move is driven. Now, that's a big move this late, right? Because win totals come out, uh, I mean, what, May maybe? Yep. Yeah, so... If it, they come out in May, and you got May to June, July, August, now we're all the way through, that kind of move, if it's a sharp one, usually happens early. Uh, in this case, it feels like it's about the play of the Steelers. Now, you've always said the time that it matters is one versus ones. So as you break Pittsburgh down, is that what you're talking about when the first team went against the opponent's first team? Or are you talking about just the team in general, how they did during the four games? Well, they did well all four games, but you're right. The week three preseason, Pittsburgh annihilated the Tennessee Titans, the ones versus ones in that Sunday night game. So they were particularly impressive in that game. Okay. And what was the Steelers score in week four? Uh, they were ahead at halftime, and then they lost, and they're uh, they lost nineteen to twenty five. Okay, okay. So uh, I guess if you're the Steelers and you lose, you didn't do well in all four games, right? Right, right. Well, but I, but again, that to me, this is a great example of that distinction. You're thinking ones versus ones, right? And that's when they did well. Exactly right, and they'd won their first three games in preseason. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's number one. You've got what five of these, right? I do. Number two, RJ, Carolina Panthers. You know, I'm really worried about Carolina because of Cam's health and the marketplace in Vegas seems unconcerned. Carolina's season win number has gone up from seven and a half to eight. And after the shoulder injury for Cam and now he's got the foot injury. So I am disagreeing with Vegas. I've got an arrow down on Cam because of that injury. Okay. So would you agree that there's a standard amount of Mm, let's call it best practices teams that are going to surge this year compared to last year. And usually it's the lucky things or unlucky things that happen to a team. So turnovers, if they go against you one year, the wise guys expect a reversal. Uh, it can be injuries, a bunch of injuries. They expect a reversal and various other things. It feels like Carolina really checks those boxes as much as anyone where they were much better than their record last year. Would you agree? I agree. They were 6-2, and two, and then Cam got hurt, and then the whole season went down the drain. Remember, they were, uh, I mean, and, and the wise guys, the betting market kept behind Carolina even after almost everyone jumped off. I mean, they there were some crazy lines last year. If you looked at the record of Carolina and that they were being considered, let's say, equal to some very, very good teams. So a uh, lot of love for Carolina last year. It didn't show up on the scoreboard. That actually leads wise guys to want to like him even more because the public might be put off by the record last year. Now, I think we all agree if you don't have your quarterback, you're in trouble. Now, do you see any connection between a shoulder and a foot? And if not, are we really thinking that this – specimen of humanity cam is really injury prone well i think it's just like andrew luck when you start to have an accumulation of mm. injuries it's not like andrew luck but you have an accumulation of injuries rj and it certainly has to be a concern right no i hear you i think that's a great point actually even big ben i mean who also a big guy 
Uh, if you notice, if you watch the Steelers, they made a decision years ago they were going to throw a lot more quick balls, and it's really helped Big Ben. And remember, Cam, his ability to run is a big chunk of his uh, value he brings to the table. As he ages, you got to wonder how much he's going to run and if he's even smart to run. Wouldn't you rather an 85% of Cam healthy but without much running than him not playing, right? So, okay, next team, third team. Next team, Arizona Cardinals. Major concerns, is Kyler Murray ready? I would argue that he is not in the preseason. His backup, Hundley, clearly outplayed him, and the betting markets are not a believer, at least right now, early in the season. Arizona's home against the Detroit Lions, not a good team. The Lions are laying two and a half. Okay, so Lions are laying two and a half, and it's in Arizona. Yep. Wow, so just doing the simple math, three point for home field, so they're saying five and a half points better Detroit is over Arizona. Now, right now, Detroit's what, 31st in the league if you stack rank the season win totals? Uh, 25th. Okay, so they've actually improved then. Yeah, Detroit's like right at six and a half to seven wins. Okay, interesting. Because to me, I got to tell you, we've talked about this, and maybe next week we'll make a point to do a segment on if you're – bearish on Arizona like I am, like Fez is, and I think you are too, right, Brad? Yep, absolutely. How do you get at it, right? Is it as simple as, you know, fade them the first couple games? Do we like a particular spot? Because I got a feeling if they're as bad as I think, it's going to be a a couple of eye-popping scores against them, and then everyone's going to be off it. You know, so we will – be amongst everybody thinking, oh, Arizona's bad. Maybe even some of those, uh, you know, pleaser type lines or, or where we're giving up points. Faz, you thinking getting like a plus 200 payoff? Yeah, there could be a whole lot of volatility in the results, especially around well, here. I think it's a one sided volatility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see a lot of 30 point wins. RJ Bow straight <laughs> out of Vegas talking to Steve Fezzik. We got two teams left, the takeaways of the preseason that apply to the regular season. Team number four. Let's talk the Oakland Raiders, who have been featured, of course, in hard knocks. They've looked great in the preseason. They're 4-0 and against the spread. And, RJ, the marketplace does not care. The money is coming hard against the Raiders. The Raiders were laying 2.5, hosting Denver week one. Now the line's down to pick them. So think about this. The Raiders have looked great throughout the preseason, but the market's saying, hey, Gruden emphasizes winning in preseason, and that's why they look so good. Now that's a very sophisticated take, guys. So let me give a very simple analogy. And I think most of you got this, but it bears repeating. Imagine that you could do a seven-on-seven type football scrimmage and they said, you can wear your, your helmet or not. Most people aren't going to wear it, right? And if you decide to wear your helmet, you know, the play, all the players on the team, the coach decides, it's like, oh, they have a disadvantage against them. A little disadvantage, let's say, okay. Because it's, you know, like flag football or whatever, and a helmet makes it tougher. Okay, as, uh, as Brown has taught us. Imagine the opposite, though. You're the team that says, we're going to take it easy, but most of the other teams are making it harder on themselves. You would have to, in both cases, adjust the result to what was, how difficult was it for him, right? And Gruden has made a decision. He wants to win in the preseason. And it doesn't count, but he still wants to win. 
So what happens? They game plan more, and they're not as vanilla. If you remember that press conference with Murray after the game against the Raiders, he said, why were they blitzing? Why? And he was talking about the game plan. He was trying to make excuses, but I think that was valid, right? The Raiders try to win. So it, the fact they go 4-0 – Eh, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's still better than not going 4-0, but they want to win. And actually, now's a good time to quickly review how our trend added up or ended up. We talked about this, guys, before the first preseason game. And we said we picked four coaches up arrow, two coaches down arrow in the preseason, and they were all five or more net games in that direction. And we said, hmm, let's just look at them blind. Well, they started 7-0. and At that point, Fezzik, just a slave to his wise guy ways, he said, no way this keeps up. And we negotiated. We said over under 55%. I said, these coaches go over that easily, even after the 7-0 and start. Fez said, I don't think so. Fez, how did we do? <laughs> 75%, RJ, 9-3 and three from weeks 2 through 4, just blindly betting on the coach tendencies. Now, you missed the show uh, you know, unexpectedly yesterday. It's interesting because it seems like there would have been a discussion of the fact that no matter what happened yesterday, <laughs> I was guaranteed to win. So we had a three-week bet, and literally after two weeks, it was over. I mean, it's almost hard to comprehend. But somehow... <laughs> yeah, to avoid that. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying to avoid that. Some might say that. Why? Why? I'm a little confused why you weren't in the show yesterday. <laughs> Couple days of float for my money, RJ. Ah. <laughs> Did by the way, didn't Fez have like an acronym he used to explain his logic? And then more the same, to, baby. Yeah, more of the, the mots, same. Mott. And then he went, and then he went against it right afterwards. Well, listen. If you try to <laughs> listen, the thing is. It all, if, if Fezzik had an hour and a half to explain it to you, he'd tell you why he contradicts himself so much. Isn't that right, Fez? Oh, Last team, quickly, Fez, 15. Qu- quickly, New York Giants, we were asking, will Daniel Jones replace Eli? Well, the question now, RJ, is when will Daniel Jones replace him? Jones has been spectacular in the preseason. Hmm. But again, he's how, how many times was he going against the ones? That's a good question. I don't have all the stats. On yeah, that. I don't think Eli played much in the preseason, did he? Yeah, Eli pretty much was one series the whole way, and then Jones took over. Yeah, the first so it's got to be against the ones, right? So that might be something, I mean, mostly, right? That might be something to dig into, right? Because, I mean, obviously, if we're going to take those numbers seriously, because we have the all-time type teams, you know, in the preseason that never made the league, right? So, I mean, so, or never made a starting roster. All right, so... Baz and Brad had a, this horrible beat, but I, I'm sure you're excited to hear about this. So we're going <laughs> to wait for about 10 minutes on that one. And we got an update coming up in just one minute, though. Brad is going to break down what happened last night in college football. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we are going to hear about a horrendous bad beat here on the show. That's coming up 12 minutes from now. Uh, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. By the way, Jonas, I had an easy winner yesterday for everyone. So, you know, I mean, I guess if the games get really close, those bad beats count. But I mean, you know, I try to skip that when I can. 
Now, <laughs> Brad Powers, right? This guy, uh, he impressed the heck out of me yesterday. So Colin Cowherd has his Saturday podcast. During the NFL season, I grade Wise Guy style, his picks, his Blazing Five. And we've got like seven years of doing this now. And when the Wise Guys, my Wise Guys agree with Colin, he's like through the roof. I'll actually tweet out before next week what he uh, does when they agree. But we did a college one. And I was there just for, you know, the name brand, right? They figure Cowherd wouldn't be enough, so they wanted Colin and R.J. Bell to draw in the listeners. But I was just there kind of saying, good job, Brad. Brad was a star. So if you're kind of grown attached to Brad, and let's be candid, that's not easy. So for that small audience out there that has, if you want to feel proud of this guy, listen to the pod tomorrow and uh, just killed it. And I am being sincere. And uh, I'm sure Brad's going to tweet this out about nine times. So uh, <laughs> it's at Brad Powers 7 and a superstar performance. And Jonas, we're going to have uh, Brad break down what he saw last night. Yeah, and it starts with number one Clemson, who took care of Georgia Tech. Trevor Lawrence struggled a little bit, but no doubt the Tigers got it done 52-14. And that's been the media narrative today, watching the recap of the game. It's like, ah, Trevor Lawrence struggled, and it's a kind of a sigh, and it's a oh, Clemson, meh, performance last night. Let's appreciate how far Clemson's come and how far Clemson is ahead of the rest of college football. Clemson won a conference game, a conference game yesterday, 52-14. to Their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, threw two interceptions. That's half as many interceptions as he threw all the last season, and yet Clemson still beat a conference opponent, a rival, 52-14. to 14. Guys, I'll say this. Well, go ahead. Oh, RJ. no, no, go ahead, Brad. I was just uh, – uh, oh, well, I'll jump in. The only thing I wanted to say here is – and I'm going to put – let's put a, a Sleepy J associate producer tag this. I have some questions about – Lawrence, and here's what it is, and we don't have time to belabor the point. Let's just start the conversation. He was not considered a sure bang freshman. Oh, this guy's as good as anyone in the country entering last year. I remember, Brad, the show that I can't remember if it was injury or what, where he was going to start, and you downgraded Clemson that week. Am I correct? I did. Yep. Yeah. You don't like that I remember that, do you? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah, because you kind of paused. You're thinking, yeah, can I, I lie about yep. this? All right. Yep. So, to me, if if a guy's that good, his pedigree is going to say, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. Right? And it just strikes me. He had a heck of a year last year, but it's a small sample size, and it wasn't even a full season. I'm not saying he's not a, a really good quarterback. Could he be the 15th best only? I think so. And the assumption is he's one of the two or three best, right, Brad? Oh, easily. Top two. I'm going to put that as a big question mark, Jonas. Yeah, I I mean, uh, look, Brad, uh, you pushed him on that a little bit there, and now Brad is kind of uh, feeling guilty after you set him up and complimented him, and now you just shot him down with a Trevor No, no, no. See, this is why my compliments work, Jonas, is I tell the (laughs) truth, good or bad. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of bad, uh, the UCLA offense under Chip Kelly did not look all that hot last night. They fell to the Cincinnati Bearcats 24-14. And the bad part was the UCLA offense, the expertise of the head coach, Chip Kelly, specifically quarterback playing. Look, 
I, I, on straight out of Vegas yesterday, I was leaning with UCLA. I got this handicap wrong, and where I got it wrong was quarterback play. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I had high hopes, high expectations for this guy, and he had about as miserable as a performance as I've seen, So uh, not only this year, but the last couple of years. Eight out of 26 and four turnovers <laughs> for him. And looked I don't know if you saw this, Jonas, he downright looked scared at the end of the game. He, he looked like he was panicking. Yeah, so to me, quickly, and we'll run through the last team quickly here, too, from yesterday, I think there's big questions about Chip Kelly in this regard. How much of his offense and the success in years past was about having a scheme that people just did not understand yet, or maybe more subtly that people didn't practice against or see, so it was such a change. I look at Golden State in the NBA and think now that so many people do the lineup of death type thing, it's easier to defend it, even if Golden State's the best at it. Maybe the same thing with Kelly. I think it's important to kind of understand there's some real question marks schematically about what kind of edge he has. Number 14, Utah, weather delay and all, took care of BYU 30-12. to 12. So the final looks very impressive for Utah. Maybe you're thinking, hey, major up arrow for the Utes who've been getting a lot of preseason love. Be careful. Now, I'm not going to say this all the time, but turnovers were the story of this game. Utah was plus three in turnovers. They got not one but two pick sixes in this game. You take off some of those kind of fluky turnovers, and this game is much more reflective of what the spread was. Utah, in my opinion, watching the game, I thought they were about a touchdown better than BYU, not 18 points better. It's not a football season. It hasn't kicked off until Brad or Fez explains a false final cause of turnovers. When we come back, there's nothing that's more football or gambling than best bets and bad beats. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. College football is back, and so we must start on a Friday with a best bet from Brad Powers. Yeah, and I'm going tomorrow night, college football, Louisiana Tech plus 20 and a half. Louisiana Tech plus 20 and a half. And there's three main reasons why I'm making this my best bet of the weekend. Number one, Louisiana Tech's opponent, Texas. I think the Longhorns are one of the most overrated teams in the country coming into the season. It's all about the returning experience or lack thereof. Texas is the least experienced power five team in the entire country with only eight returning starters. Texas is going to be a team that I'm going to spot play fade early on in the season. Then I expect them to improve throughout the season. So that's one, two in this one, Tom Herman, the Texas head coach, really good as a, as an underdog, as a favorite, not so much in his entire head coaching career. Tom Herman is only covering 39% of his games when he's in the favorite role. So he's not great uh, as a favorite. Therefore, I'm taking Louisiana Tech. And finally, in this one, it's about the situation. Texas next week has one of their biggest games of the entire season. They're at home against LSU, a top five team. I think in the second half, this is a Texas team that will probably play a little conservatively. It's all about getting to next week. And for those three reasons, I'm taking Louisiana Tech plus 20 and a half. I tell you something, Jonas, does it feel like Brad is kind of showboating a little bit? Like he's re- he's slowing down his cadence. He's pausing in between points. He's saying things like, yeah. therefore, that's why. And by the way, another point, like it's like steak knives, you know, yeah. uh, if you order in the next 60 seconds. Maybe he's a little full of himself after that call-in performance, uh, but I'm I, impressed. I think it's like uh, the longer he did it, Hulk Hogan took more time with each oh. pose, the cut behind the ear with his hand. That's like, true. Brad's really adding on to and it here. Brad does have Hogan's hairline. So, I mean, <laughs> as, as, now, one last thing to get serious for a moment, and then we'll talk bad beats here, is correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're looking ahead in week one, it's probably bigger because you spend so much time during the run-up to the season getting ready for week one. 
if Texas is doing that for week two and their opponent is doing it for week one, that's another big advantage. Fez, you got 30 seconds, so we're at the end of the show. Complain about your bad beat, but you only got 30. I'm in a terrible mood, RJ. I had Minnesota last night minus three against the Bills. Minnesota led 23-6. to six. I won't go through all the details. 15 seconds. Three touchdowns for the Bills in the final four minutes, including a punt return to beat me. I am furious. You know, son of Jonas, I didn't even <laughs> listen to what he said. I was looking at my phone. Uh, the Odd Couple is next on any of these Fox Sports radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.